All right, well, good afternoon, Faith Family Church. We just listened to a, an amazing sermon preached by Pastor Kyle out of the first chapter of, of Philippians going through verse 12 through 18. And um, he had some really, really good application points at the, the tail end of the sermon. So I want to kind of frame this discussion panel to talk through some of those application points that, that Kyle had. So the first one that I'm going to ask you is really a combination of his first two application points. And it really, he said, how will this passage help you to respond to critics and or how will that help you to avoid envy and jealousy? So I just want to go ahead and ask you, Dan, um, how will this passage help you to do that? Uh, well, it was just it was just a good reminder that there's just lots of different motives out there. And, uh, and Kyle quoted uh, Tim Keller uh, during the sermon. There's another quote I remember from Tim Keller uh, talking about dealing with criticism. Uh, where he said that you know, a lot of times you get criticism, sometimes it's given in the right spirit, and sometimes it's definitely not. But no matter what, you always want to have the humility enough to step back and try to find something from value. Even if you think the person's way off base, that their perspective's off, that they're being unfair, it's always good to take, to take a, a step back and, and evaluate. Is there something, even, even if it's not all in all correct, is there something profitable I can get? Uh, from this. So having that kind of a humble attitude, uh, our, our human nature is to get defensive. Mm. Uh, so even someone could have even the best attitude and bring us some negative evaluation and our gut instinct is to dig our heels in and to try to defend ourselves. Right. So we always want to have that humility. You see in this passage, Paul had that kind of humility. Here there are people who are preaching the gospel out of spite for him and yet he has the humility to, to just be like, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm grateful for what God is doing. And so we should all strive to have that kind of a humility. Uh, when we value, I mean, follow the, the commands of Christ. If we value other people more than we value ourselves, a lot of these things will just sort themselves out. Sort of like mm. if we just obey one of the two primary commands, love God, love people. If we truly love other people, a lot of the co conflict that's originating from our part will, will melt away. Um, so, the, again, the heart attitude there is what helps you deal with the, the difficulties uh, and the temptations uh, of life. And we should just always be very careful of our own attitudes and our motives. Um, it's so easy to be, be able to spot other people's bad motives, uh, but very rarely look at ourselves and really frank, uh, take, take stock of what motivates us, uh, what we're living for, and just realize the effect of our words. So if you ever receive criticism, uh, it, it, it's different than when you feel the liberty to, to give it, and it's just a good reminder that, again, do unto others as, we would, as you would have them do unto, the, uh, unto you. Like, how, how do you want to receive criticism? Well, when you, in those moments where you feel like you need to give criticism to somebody, take that into account and, uh, and, and think that, that way as well. So um, I, I, love, I love this passage because... Um, Paul's, uh, he's a, a brilliant theologian, and yet he is getting down to where we live our daily lives. Right. Human, messy, human interactions with other people. That's what ministry is all about, uh, whether it's ministry in the local church or as you're thinking bigger picture with other ministries, other uh, people who have a ministry and how you uh, deal with them, differences and criticisms and, and potential jealousies and rivalries. Uh, I, I think Paul is modeling for us that kind of an attitude of, of humility and just realizing it's all about the gospel. If the gospel's being advanced, uh, that's the most important. Praise thing. God, then. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Andy? Uh, well, 
uh, out of God's kindness, uh, he hasn't gifted me with an apostolic gift that would make anyone jealous or <laughs> criticize me uh, for good or bad motives. Um, so uh, I, I haven't experienced what Paul has experienced in, in that respect, but we've all experienced criticism. And I, I like everything Dan said. I know that when, when I have like a confrontation or I experience a critique, I have a tendency to, to put on like blinders and everything just like focuses in that narrow side aperture and it's, it becomes like this battle between me and them. Even if like it's not a verbal battle, like in my heart, all of a sudden all this temptation of like counter accusation and it becomes really fleshly really quick before like in God's kindness, I catch myself and I'm like, whoa, that, that escalated quickly. And instead what Paul does is he zooms out to the 30,000 foot. Uh, it doesn't it, uh, keep him from diagnosing his, his opponents having uh, bad motives. So he's not whitewashing it like, well, you know, I'm sure they met. It, it's not that. Right. There's accuracy. But then he says, what's the more important thing? Hmm. The most important thing is the gospel is getting out. So it's a win. Uh, Paul can only have that kind of perspective when he has genuine humility. You, you, you poke Paul, he's like, okay, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a marshmallow. The, the, the end state stays the same. It's that the gospel is proclaimed. If you think about like a sports analogy, the wide receiver catches that football, he's going down for the, the touchdown. He, he's going to take some hits, but he's not going to stop where uh, stop the play and have a, a redress with his opponent that tried tackling him. He, he's anticipating the tackle. He has the ball after all. But what's the point? The point isn't to uh, be sidetracked. The point is, if I can just get this ball over that plane into the end zone, it's a win. It doesn't matter what happens to me on the way. I, in fact, I expect I'm not going to be surprised when people try to tackle me. Uh, of course they are. But if I can just reach that end state of, of the touchdown, for Paul, that touchdown, of course, it's just the proclamation of the gospel. He'll he will circle back and address character and motivation issues at other points in his epistles. But really, the, the, the biggest deal here is God getting glory through the proclamation of the gospel. And really, not just through easy means, but for Paul, it's all through his epistles. The more difficult the circumstance, that's the means by which the gospel is spread. Mm. Suffering is the means by which uh, the gospel of Jesus is proclaimed. Because after all, that's how Jesus accomplished the gospel in the first place. Mm was through suffering for the sake of the glory of God. No, that's very good. I, you know, as I kind of think about the whole idea of critics, like there are going to be, you can't please everybody. The bottom line is you're not going to please everybody. And if there are a critic, you know, if they come and criticize you for something you're doing in the ministry, you have to stop and evaluate, you know, what is your philosophy of ministry? And if it's, if you can't reconcile it with the grievance that they're bringing to you or the criticism that they're bringing you, Maybe it's not a gospel issue. It may just be a tier two issue. And maybe they just need to find a, another church they align with more, more closely in terms of their philosophy. But just something certainly to think about, not to take it personally, but just understand as long as it's not a gospel issue, then, you know, that's fine. We can disagree. Okay, so one of the other things that, that Kyle mentioned um, in his story application was a question saying, how will this passage help you to see how God can use your hard times to advance the gospel. So within that question, do you have any really self-examples of something that's happened in your life where you've gone through suffering or hard times, but then look back in the rearview mirror and seen how God used that for the advancement of the gospel? I'm sure there were a lot of times. The one that comes to mind most prominently was when I started pastoring the, the church I pastored for five years in northern Illinois. Uh, 
it was, there was an excruciating couple, first couple years there. I was their first pastor. Uh, they had never had a pastor before. They were watching John Piper and David Platt's sermon. Speaking of being jealous, right? Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> they definitely got a downgrade in preacher, but the, the problem was they had just kind of started themselves. There was never any meaningful church membership, and there was a lot of factors that went in there. The bottom line was, over the course of those years, by the time I had left, Every single person that we had started with in, in that local church, who had started the church for that matter, even like years before I got there, they had left, which as a pastor, it was just excruciating because pastoral ministry is not some austere, mm-hmm. I will just preach the gospel to you. In fact, it may be in Philippians, but in one of the epistles, Paul says, I determined to, maybe it's Thessalonians, I determined to not only share the gospel with you, but my own very self. Mm-hmm. That's pastoral ministry is we, we are close and relational and personal. And so to see those departures, it was, it was really, really difficult, especially as a young minister. I was 24. Mm. Um, and there were a lot of occasions of just crying out, God, why? Right. I'm, I'm trying to preach the gospel. I'm trying to be faithful. And I'm, I'm really doing everything that by, your, by, by the power of your spirit, I think I can. And still these people are just leaving. And not, not leaving in healthy ways. They're just ghosting. It's right. like, wow, not even a chance for reconciliation. But then, and God doesn't owe us, you know, seeing uh, the why in our lifetimes. But uh, very quickly, we started seeing as many people that were leaving the church more people were joining the church. Healthy people were joining the church. Meaningful membership was really taking root because we were able to front load that in the intake process of here's how the gospel informs our church membership process and uh, bearing one another's burdens, you know, all, all these like strong covenantal relationships. And people started coming to faith in Jesus. Mm. And I, I don't know that all that fruit would have been born um, w- without the t- season of difficulty that, that we went through. And, and by the time we had left, we had more people than we started. And num- uh, numbers are not the metric that the gospel goes by, so I'm not trying to emphasize that. But every, I think every member of our local church was either being discipled one-on-one or discipling one-on-one. That's the win, that there was intentional gospel-centered discipleship ministry happening, not just from the leaders of the church, but every member ministry. And I just remember that that being God's kindness and it certainly would not have been the way that I would have done it. Uh, but it, it just reminds me every time since then that we've gone through a season of difficulty. And, and I think to my, I catch myself thinking, man, I wouldn't do it this way. Like, God, why are you? I, I'm reminded his ways are so much better than yes, my ways. Right, I, I've, right, I've been taught yes. that in the scripture. I've seen it in my experience. And so I just don't want to question God. Uh, he, he, he's in the heavens and he will do all that he pleases. Right. Yeah. What about you, Dan? Uh, yeah, well, uh, first of all, I loved Kyle's uh, illustration of this point uh, in the life of John Bunyan, where mm-hmm. he's thrown into jail, and then he's preaching from jail, and then they throw him basically into solitary confinement, and he writes a piece of literature that's blessed uh, Christianity for centuries since, and it had a huge impact. And, and, and you could think of, uh, obviously, there's the angle of God and his sovereignty is using those things for his namesake. And then just like the, the question to us, how do we use uh, trials or even in just inconveniences in our lives for the gospel? And I love that parable of the, the unjust steward, the guy who's in charge of the, the master's resources and he's doing all kinds of crooked things. The parable is not to say, be a swindler, be uh, you know, shady in your business dealings, but it's saying have that kind of a shrewd desire to create eternal gain, eternal investment out of all the opportunities that you see before. Be an entrepreneur for the kingdom, in other words, that you just constantly see opportunities to, to bring glory to God and eternal uh, riches out of the means of your life. And as far as uh, just 
seeking to glorify God even out of hard times. I think of kind of three different levels. There's the, the, the bring you to your knees tragedy. There's just the contention uh, in relationships. And then there's just the, the kind of the minor inconveniences of life. These can all just rock our world at various levels and magnitudes. But as far as personally, I think of uh, tragedy. I remember when my father had a stroke suddenly and then passed away in the hospital. Uh, it was hard for our family. But even, even as we were going through that, uh, we could see God doing amazing gospel work in our lives, in the lives of our, our church, and then in just the lives that Dad had touched in his life and, and how that led to gospel opportunities, whether it's at his funeral or even as his, in his legacy afterwards, uh, where God can use one of those things that's just earth-shaking, um, but you know he's doing good work in it. And that gives you, not that it's, it's still hard and we, we grieve, of course, it's appropriate to grieve, but we, can, we know that a sovereign God is doing good works. Now, sometimes, oddly enough, in those, those gut-wrenching times, that's the easiest time to run to God and to try to seek uh, what God is doing good out of this. Sometimes those contentious times, and I've been through difficult church uh, conflicts, and of course we've all known about church splits or, or scandals and that kind of thing, and we don't want to minimize the, the seriousness of that because those things can be uh, faith-shaking and have negative impacts on people's lives, as any sin can. But even in those circumstances, God often will have produced multiple ministries where there is only one, or he will help people realize that they need to put their faith in Christ himself and not in one uh, earthly uh, minister. And then there's just the inconveniences and tragedy and, and, and disappointments of life. You know, our career isn't progressing the way we want it to, or even our afternoon uh, doesn't go the way we had wanted, or our weekend. Uh, it's so easy to get bent out of shape over those things, or when plans change, and maybe like all, nobody saw COVID coming, all of a sudden, hey, were we a good steward of COVID? Did we be, draw closer to the Lord in our families and, and, and uh, through that, or did we just waste uh, that opportunity? We're gonna, always going to have those kinds of changes of plan, disappointments, and, I, I, and we should just have, like Paul, we need to have the, the mentality of, hey, change in plans, disappointment, how can I leverage this for the gospel? So Paul, his goal was to go wherever the gospel hadn't been preached, planting churches. Well, they chain him to a Roman soldier in the Roman capital. What's he going to do? He's going to witness to the Praetorian guards. He's going to witness to anyone who comes to him at his house arrest. And he's going to leverage what seems like a limitation uh, for the gospel. So we need to have that kind of that kind of attitude uh, of, of wanting. We're so excited about that gospel message that we just do it, we do it naturally because that's something that we value. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm glad you kind of, you know, tapped into the whole idea of careers because personally myself back in 2017 I was getting considered for promotion and uh, you know everybody that I talked to seen my records they were absolutely confident that Kent was going to make selection there was no doubt in anybody's mind well the results came out and only four people made it across the entire army and my MOS four people and I wasn't one of them so so I had to really kind of wrestle with the fact that I was not selected, and I had been one who was, you know, at the front of my class the entire time throughout my whole career. So that entire next year, if I didn't make it above the zone, I was going to have to retire. The Army would give me basically six months to be a civilian. So that whole next year, I had to wrestle with, am I going to trust God with my future? Am I going to continue to work my heart out to do my job and trust that he has my future? Or am I going to be kind of a slug at work and focus on my post-retirement plans? Well, um, I, I did the first one. I, I just I dug in my heels. I trusted the Lord. I, I prayed every day that God would have my future, that he knew exactly where he was going to lead me. And I had an opportunity for that entire year as everybody came and talked to me. Hey, Kent, how are you doing? 
Give me an opportunity to share the gospel and to share with them how much I'm trusting in the sovereign Lord of the universe who, who guides everything, whether my career or my promotion, whatever happened. The end result, I did make promotion. I'm still serving in the army. But in retrospect, God gave me um, a sense of suffering, and he grew me through that suffering that enables me to speak to, to people who are also suffering. Had I not gone through that, I would have no frame of context to be able to speak into somebody's life that's dealing with not making a promotion or losing their job because I'd never experienced it. But God allowed me to do that so that uh, he gave me a little bit of wealth to draw from as I'm talking to folks for the gospel ministry so I can ultimately bring them to the cross of Christ. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was a blessing that he brought me through that. And we were praying for three years for a phenomenal church. And had I been promoted back in 2017, I wouldn't be here at Faith Family. So. God postponed my plans for a year, enabling me to come here and unite with this church, and it's been a blessing ever so since. So maybe Kyle had a word with uh, the, the people <laughs> making that decision or something. Yeah, no, I need this guy. I need, church, I need, yes. So. <laughs> Not that Kyle would ever do something like that. Yeah, the prayers of a righteous man, <laughs> exactly. right? Exactly. That's why we did it. Yeah. Okay, so, so last question. Um, and this kind of talks about pastors. Um, how might this passage help you understand pastors in their struggles? Now, you've been an elder here at Faith Family, and you've been a pastor and a chaplain, so we do know that, that leaders in the church, that pastors struggle. What would you suggest people do to encourage their pastor, and, and how have you been encouraged in the past? Sure. No, that's a great question. When, when Kyle had brought that up in the sermon, and I was thinking about this last week as well, because he's been making gainful applications for, for church leaders, I was wondering, like, Kyle, why are you doing that? He, is he addressing pastors in the text, or are you just kind of going off script here? But he's staying, staying true to the text. Go figure, back in Philippians 1, uh, 1, he's addressing not only the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi, but it's also with the overseers and deacons. Mm -hmm. And so, hey, it's fair game, like applying this to, well, of course, overseers and deacons are Christians, um, we hope, uh, but, but also there's specific application that Paul is doing. So I think uh, the authorial intent is borne out there for... I, I so agree with everything that Kyle said, and I think it's easy uh, for, um, for the laity, that is non-pastors, uh, to be blind to how difficult pastoral ministry can be. It, it, can, it can be very uh, excruciating. And, and it, it's not like pastors can be um, more or less given to, to bellyaching and self-pity. It just really is difficult because everything Kyle just said of really people are only bringing us bad news. Um, or there's always a, a problem uh, to, to greater or lesser degrees of legitimacy. Like if it's a big problem, uh, I want to address it, but it's a problem, and that's a burden, you know. Um, if, if it's a small problem and it's petty, I, I can't just poke the, the church member in the eyeball like I want to love them. This is a person who uh, they've, uh, they've been purchased with the blood of Jesus, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the, over, uh, the Holy Spirit has made me an overseer over their souls to shepherd them with gentleness. Not to stand as their accuser. That's satanic. I, mm -hmm. So I want to be gentle um, and faithful in, in all those instances. And there's, so I think pastors can just really bear, you know, a, a lot of weight. And I think it's not lost to me. You, you mentioned that you've been teaching through Hebrews in your Sunday school lessons, um, or your small group, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm reminded of Hebrews 13, 17, uh, where the author says, Obey your leaders and submit to them. For they are keeping watch over your souls as those who have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be no advantage to you. So it's curious. So he's, he's addressing the local church. 
and he's giving instructions about pastors. So obviously there's the direct uh, uh, application, pastors need to shepherd with joy and not with groaning. That's important. And I think our pastors, yourself included, Dan, do that really well. And I'm so sincerely thankful for that um, on behalf of me and Jenna and Josiah. But he's also, the primary audience is not pastors here necessarily. It's, it's members of the church. Members of the church ought to submit and obey their leaders in such a way that enables them to shepherd with joy. I have responsibility in part for Dan's joy, for Kyle's joy. Lord willing, uh, when Daniel becomes a pastor for his joy. How so? By, by being a, a submissive and obedient uh, church member. And so there's a lot of things that, uh, like little preferential things that maybe you had mentioned earlier, that I could always be like a stick in the mud and bring up like, well, what about this and that and the other? But is that going to help their joy? Like, that's the question I need to ask. It's a, it's a rubric that I have to pass that through. Um, I know for me, when I was a pastor, uh, the, the members, e- even just like the small things of like writing me a card or... Uh, not just saying like, hey, that, that sermon was great. Like, praise God, that, that's God's gifting. But so, something that's, uh, that they notice that they personally appreciate about what God's doing with my character. Mm. Uh, that, that, that just was so, it warmed my heart's affections for Jesus. And so with that kind of intentionality um, that, uh, that, that addressed that in that moment, it, it really sent me over the moon. And it, right. it helped increase my joy in Jesus. Yeah. What about you, Dan? Yeah, um, Pastors need encouragement, and uh, you know I, I have three uncles who are pastors or have been pastors. One cousin who's a pastor. Uh, growing up, not growing up, but years ago before I joined the army, I was a, a deacon in a more of a uh, traditional uh, polity kind of structure, and got to you know be in the trenches with a senior pastor there for a while. It's difficult, um, and uh, and just the first thing is just pray for your pastor. Right. Um, just make a regular habit. Pray that uh, God works in the, his his heart. That uh, and and just pray the, the things for them that you would pray for anyone else. But also just pray that uh, we would have um, skill in the Word. That we would uh, walk with Christ. That we'd be shielded from temptation. All those things. Pray for them and uh, love them. And just seek to encourage them. Whether that's a, a note like uh, Andy mentioned or uh, an email. Uh, Expressing sincere thanks for an aspect of character or something that uh, the Lord taught. Um, and, uh, and just being careful about how you share criticisms or, or concern. And that's the thing. Like, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll say it. I, I know Kyle believes this. And, and, and certainly we don't want people to withhold you know, right. legitimate constructive criticisms. You know, we we want to hear that. Or if you have a concern or you're going through something big or small, um, we don't want people to, to refrain from that. That's, that's part of what God has called us to do is to help bear that burden. Uh, but it is also uh, helpful to have that, that positive feedback as well. That just, it's, it's affirmation that God is, uh, is doing his uh, work uh, through us, and it's, uh, it can be very encouraging. And that, and just be faithful. You know, there's a lot of folks right. that they, uh, they, they want, they can be zealous, but they, what they really want is attention or they want... Uh, some specific uh, niche, just people who are willing to help up week, uh, to be faithful week in, week out, uh, help out maybe with a ministry that doesn't have a lot of glory, or they're just, you know, they're faithful attenders, and they, we, we know that the gospel is important for them. Just that faithfulness 
is one of the most encouraging things uh, to a pastor rather than anything else. And then if you do have concerns, you do have criticisms, you know, don't, don't shield those. Try to be gracious about them. And, and you know, certainly don't just uh, sweep things under the rug. Get those out early as possible so that, uh, you know, we're not caught, you know, off guard or something. Um, but just, yeah, pray, love, and uh, just try to be gracious. I mean, honestly, things that we should do for, for anyone in our lives, but especially for pastors because they have unique pressures, unique burdens, uh, you know, they're going to give account to God for the, the people that they shepherd. That's yeah. true. And, and even when those concerns are brought up, uh, ma- making very clear, uh, hey, pastor, e- mm-hmm. if you don't uh, meet my expectation with addressing this concern, I'm still not going anywhere. Right. Like, I'm yeah. here to stay. This isn't like no a make it or not tomorrow. No, no ultimatum. Yeah. Yes, yeah. like it, th- this is a this is a context of a covenant of love, yeah. and we're we're going nowhere. And if you don't give me an answer that satisfies me, not only am, am I not leaving, but it stays right here. Like I'm not going to go spread, you know, like well, here's my concern and like back channel it some exactly. way. Um, yeah. that, that's not that's not Christ-like yeah. at all. And so just the the context of like I'm committed one way or another here, it it, it just builds that trust. I think. Yeah. No, Unless very, of course it's something that God is calling them to be like a first or second tier issue like we discussed for them. Then it's like, hey, let's get it all out on the table. Let's talk about it. And then at the end of the day, we'll each follow our conscience the way we feel the Lord is leading. But yeah, I mean, and I know that it's been so wonderful when when even Andy, when you've shared concerns or or opinions or something, like you've always been just the model of graciousness and and, uh, and everything where you're coming from. So it's nice to, to know he practices what he preaches here. Yeah. So you guys just brought up some great examples. I think the reality is is to understand that pastors are humans too, and they, and they deal with a lot of the same stuff that everybody deals with. So to have grace with them, to mm-hmm. pray for them, to be an encouragement for them, you know, a, a simple little note or a text message or an email and just kind of, you know, thanking them for their faithfulness in the ministry, it, it means a lot. It really, really does. So be an encouragement to your pastor. Um, you, you really... You have to understand just all of the things that these pastors are dealing with as they're, you know, called to diligently and faithfully shepherd this flock. And it's a challenging, challenging task. And it's a very, very high calling. So we are so thankful for the leadership of Pastor Kyle and, and for you and for Daniel and all the small, small group leaders. I mean, this is a wonderful, wonderful body of Christ. And myself personally, I've been so blessed to be a part of this church. So, Faith Family, um, we pray that this sermon was, was a blessing to you, that this sermon discussion panel was edifying, and that you'll continue to, um, you know, to pray for this church, to pray for our pastors, and, and to apply all these great lessons that we got of this text today. God bless. Thank you for listening to this resource of Faith Family Church. We gather on Sundays at 495 Hugh Hunter Road in Oak Grove, Kentucky, and are a short drive from Fort Campbell and Hopkinsville, Kentucky, as well as Clarksville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website, myfaithfamilychurch.com.